Actor and filmmaker Ann Johnston Brown has spent the past 35 years navigating the ups and downs of Hollywood. With a master's degree in theater arts, Ann was a professor at the prestigious American Academy of Dramatic Arts in Los Angeles and is the author of several books published by Smith & Krauss, the world's largest of its kind. Her films on the subject of homelessness have won countless awards, and her voice can be heard throughout the world in a variety of television and radio commercials, as well as the audiobooks of many New York Times and USA Today best-selling authors. And now, she brings to you the best of what she's learned. Welcome to The Actor's Guide. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The Actor's Guide. Well, today I have a person on the line that, uh, well, she has a distinction that no one else I've ever interviewed has, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but she is a fantastic actor. She is uh, she's a working actor, too, which is wonderful, and she's got a lot of things that we're going to discuss in her career that probably will benefit you if you are uh, getting started and, and you just want to know how it goes. Her name is Amy. Vorpal, how you doing? Hey, good. So happy to be here. <laughs> oh, boy. I tell you what, you're a busy lady. You're doing everything. You know, we talk on this show a lot about multitasking, and I can say that you are the epitome of a multitasker. Uh, <laughs> so I just want to, before we get into the real meat of what you do, uh, I just want to ask you, you know, so why are you doing what you do? What? How did you get into this industry? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I, why am I doing, so <laughs> I actually, I actually have other options. I feel like I have a twin sister who is in the oil industry and I have the same brain as her. I'm very math and science oriented and mm. physics based and all of that. So this was definitely a choice. Um, I'll start there. Cause a lot of people are like, well, if I could do anything else, I would. And, oh, and I actually God. have plenty of other options. My, my brain works <laughs> in many fun ways. Um, but yeah, I chose entertainment. I guess early on, I um, yeah, I I think as far back as three or four years old, I remember, wow. I remember knowing that I wanted to do something in this realm. I thought cartoons were people in cartoon suits, and I was like, whatever <laughs> that is, I'll zip zip me up and I'll be Foghorn Leghorn. That's what that's what I thought I wanted oh, to do. Wow. So we did. We did plays all the way back from, I grew up in Malaysia and we had an expatriate school. We did plays and musicals there. And then, and then I, I just was in plays in school forever. And then I majored in it and, um, and I majored in acting in college. Wow. And then when I moved out to LA, I just kind of, um, I got a, a day job that allowed me to do a lot of improv and sketch and comedy and, and audition. They let me audition. They let me just leave wow. <laughs> and, and go and audition. Yeah. So I just got lucky every step of the way, I think. But um, That's the but, good thing about L.A., though, yeah. let me say. And you're, you're touching yes. on this. We don't talk about it a lot. But a lot of young, you know, in their 20s and 30s people who work in L.A., uh, the uh, employers assume you're probably going to have to go for an audition at some point, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and as long as you you give what you say you're going to give to the company, yeah. everyone also, like you said, they just assume that nine times out of ten you're not going to book it, so you'll be back in an hour, and then and then and then rare to go and still still able to work. And if you book it, you'll let them know. But that'll mainly usually, yeah. I mean, for the smaller parts, just be yeah. a day out of the week that you'll be shooting, or sometimes even on the weekend. So That's it's not. Awesome. It's, 
Yeah, it's not a huge um, resource pull from the employer. No, not in L.A. Uh, And I have to tell you, just as an aside, you said you're a twin. I'm a twin. And and I majored in physics in college. So, (laughs) Okay, we're the same person. Well, I'm... Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Well, no, yeah. I, I think you're significantly younger than me, but you could be my daughter, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, that's that's Amazing. awesome. I love it. I love it. Now, tell me, though, you came to L.A. and you mm-hmm. had the, the education, the experience, the, or at least the training. And mm-hmm. so tell me, you know, it, it doesn't happen overnight unless it did <laughs> for you. I don't know. But you know. Uh, but tell us about maybe any of the challenges that, that you had to face in trying to make your break in the industry. Well, I I'm still working on that, um, but, oh, but I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there. I, I I guess to I I don't feel like I actually have arrived yet. So wow. maybe maybe that's you know something to talk about. Mm. But er, early on, I I had smaller. I had I don't want to say smaller goals, but I had more specific goals of mm. what I really wanted to do. I wanted to be on TV, you know, whatever right. that took. So so I guess that was a little bit of a of a challenge because I didn't know how, you know, it was the same. It was like, how do I get on TV without an agent? But then if I get an agent, you know, you have to be SAG. And right. then, but how do I be SAG before I'm SAG? Well, you have to book something. <laughs> well, how do I book something without, you know, so it was oh, this, yeah. this little, it's a catch 22. It's a catch, it's a catch 22. Yeah, yeah. But I got around it. I got around it first. I, I got my commercial agent. That mm. was kind of a, well, I got my good commercial agent. I got a fairly bad commercial agent early on. We but- all have that story, though. <laughs> Let me say this to the audience. We all have that story. But how did you get your good one? How did my you good get good one? Mm-hmm. Well, I was, I took, I, I got really into the improv and comedy scene and I got on the UCB performers page. Um, oh. But they, I got on their performer page and that led to, and by the way, that didn't, wasn't overnight either. I was really really in the improv scene for probably three years wow. before I got on the performer page. And I, I, I got on to their sketch teams mm. w- w- as a writer and a performer. Wow. I didn't even get on as an improviser. Even and though and that that's was- for UCB? Yeah. Wow, that's a yeah. big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. It was really important to me. And and through that, there was this, there, and I still am with this commercial agency because they're they're just awesome rain (laughs) agency. And they, um, they just basically were going to sign you if you were on the performer page and there, there was no real other prerequisite. And also they weren't, they weren't signing anyone who wasn't on the performer page. So it was like, we're, they were just like letting the comedy schools, you either had to be in ground, you had to be on the main stage of these comedy schools or they wouldn't look at you. Uh And then if you were, they were just like, okay, someone's obviously vetted you. You're probably funny and do improv and Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. we have a spot for you. So it was like, yeah, three years of, of intense. I mean, I was doing improv. I was in a class doing an indie independent team rehearsal or a show or going to see shows or going to a related party. I think six out of seven nights of the week without exaggeration and that's years. and that's a largely networking i mean granted <laughs> it mainly par- is yeah. partying i have very uh, you know i loosely say partying <laughs> is networking but i will tell you uh you know and in fact i wanted to ask you uh for the sake of our listeners uh you know uh, were how young were you when you started building your career that means the improv uh, starting at the mm. ground floor were you early 20s what were you oh yeah i mean 
mean, I did improv for the first time in high school. So I did comedy sports right. um, all through high school. I guess that's not really a career, though. I moved out to L.A. in January of 20... 20- Oh boy. Well, anyway, 2007, I think. And uh-huh. so that was three and a half. I graduated a semester early from college. And so that I must have been 20. I was, yeah, 21. 21. Yeah, because it, the youth, the part of it, you had the energy. You had, had the, the energy. Oh my gosh. Oh, Can you imagine these days? No. Like going out every night? I can't. I go to sleep at 9 p.m. Uh, I, there's yeah. no way I could stomach it. <laughs> oh my God. This is what I'm saying to the listeners is that we have a lot of people that are building their career that listen and they and they have to understand you've got to strike while you're hot. In other words, while you have the energy, while you're not tied down, maybe with a, a family or whatever you right. choose to do when you get in maybe to your 30s, whatever. So I love it that you are telling a very, I hate to say it, but textbook story yeah. uh, about about how you built from the bottom up and you did your homework and you and you and you paid your dues. I did and I was hungry for the hustle at the time. I guess I guess when you ask about the challenges though, I think I made it a little harder than it had to be. <laughs> you know, like I think I think I thought it had to be hard, so I made it hard, and oh. and I liked that it was difficult and challenging. Um, I think I think I I got a lot out of that, but I think what actually is true is I didn't have to do all of that. Mm. If that makes sense, like it if does. I had if I had made time for well, I don't know. I think I would have gotten to visit my family more, or gone to more weddings, or gone just taken more trips, or thought that I could leave the city, um, right. or or even just spend a night at home alone. I really thought I couldn't, and I and I. I think that's false. I think I could, if I could go back and redo something, I definitely wouldn't have. I, I would have done a lot, but I don't think I would have done six out of seven. I have of to the say, week. I have to say this too, though. Uh, and one thing I'm learning from hearing a lot of people's stories on this show is that if you were to change one thing, you may not be where you are now. And so I'm, I'm glad you, I'm <laughs> glad you too. did. Yeah, I'm that's glad. True too. Uh, your your journey was your journey, and we'd all like to make changes. Well, I love your journey. I love what you've done. And what what we have not talked about is your songwriting. Oh my gosh, you guys go to <laughs> Her. You've got to go to the website. You've got to check Amy. Well, first of all, you do everything. But talk to me. <laughs> talk to me about your songwriting and your themes and how you work songwriting into your career. Okay. Um, yeah, the songwriting, I've done musical theater. I Yeah, I've done musical theater forever. did musicals in high school and college and, uh, and always liked singing, always but I didn't song right, really. I wrote little parodies the way Weird Al does, and he <laughs> sure. was he was like my favorite yeah. guy forever. Um, but then a we I did a Dungeons and Dragons Kickstarter with some friends early on, and then and one of the the prizes was um, we'll write you a bardic song and uh, of your character or uh, of your person oh. or someone that you like or just whatever you give us the details, we'll make a song out of it. Yeah. And the reward time came, and they were like, Amy, you do it, and I was like. What? That's the hardest part. No, I don't write songs. I don't do this. And they were like, yes, you do. And also you're doing it. And mm-hmm. so it was just kind of like, okay, so I had to do, I had to write 20 songs, or 20 fairly original songs for new people and have different vibes. And so it was kind of a, a crash course. Wow. And then after doing that, I was like, I got this. And why oh. am I writing songs for other people? And, well, obviously it was for the rewards, but I, I was like, well, if I can write songs for other people that I don't even, I, I don't know. I only sort of 
um, associate with or, or even mm-hmm. engage with like, oh, they're just giving me a snapshot. Right. And I can certainly write songs about me, my experience, what I care about, what I'm passionate sure. about and and the jokes I want to make. So I'll I'll do that. And so then I just started writing little song I just write on the ukulele. Anyone can play the ukulele, by the way. Um, <laughs> OK, it's so very, very easy. Anyone with no musical training at all, you can play the ukulele, I swear. Wow. So that just turned into me writing songs. I still look up chord families and yeah. how in the music theory of it all. I, yeah. I'm not great as a, I would say I'm not a real musician, but I'm a singer songwriter for sure. And well, then, and it's also yeah. uh, the way you do it, it. It ties into your comedy. It ties into to, yeah. well. And one thing we haven't talked about yet either. I was going to get to it later, but because your songwriting came out of Dungeons and Dragons and all this, talk to us yes. about that. That's a big part <laughs> of your life. Yes, it's a huge part of my life. One year I did the the math. It, it no longer is, but at one point it was 75% of my income oh. was from Dungeons and Dragons gigs. And oh it's like, my wow, God. that's crazy. How do you make money? I'm sorry, I'm very ignorant about this. <laughs> I am. Okay. How do you make money doing Dungeons and Dragons or whatever you do for that? Yes, it, yeah, so Dungeons and Dragons is a game. Um first and foremost, and I started playing uh, when I was uh, freshman or first day of college as a freshman. Wow. And then it kind of, and then I've always played, I, I really like it. It's a, it's a group storytelling game mostly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there are rules to make not everybody the most powerful person in the world. And in order to tell a story, there must be conflicts and failure. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, th- yeah. That, it's a, it's a storytelling game with some combat and some rules involved. And I, played I played forever and then and then critical role came and and everyone realized that people want to watch actors and performers oh. play D D because okay. it is such a storytelling game. So you're playing a character right. and I, I just started doing that on streaming and then that turned into some streams actually got a lot of audience and they were able to kind of subsidize that by paying their people. And so is it monetization from these uh, um, the online groups yeah, like YouTube? From and the things? audience. From, oh. from YouTube, Twitch, um, wow. now Patre- Patreon too. Um, but yeah, it mainly is, is mostly the way they're able to do it is similar to podcasts. I mean, I don't know what your structure is, but crowdfunding is the the bread and butter of these audiences. Right. It's like if they spend hours with you, they the audience is kind of, um, I don't want to say trained, but they're they're used to saying, oh, if I consume this content, I'll 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 pay for it in some sure, way, sure. whether it's just giving a dollar a month or five dollars a month or some on some level you know, higher, higher, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the audience is in it with you. And so wow. there's, it's mainly crowdfunding. When I was getting like my chunk of money, it was because I was working at an actual, yeah, platform corporation that had their own, it was Geek and Sundry and mm, Nerdist. Okay. And I, I wasn't only a D and D player. I, I also was a writer for their, uh, live show. I was like the head and, and only writer for their, um, variety live show and i was a dungeon master and i was a host on other shows and then i was a DD player and dungeon master so you're and, i have to ask you though uh did you ever, yeah. have you ever seen big bang theory 
<laughs> I, I, you know, I can't watch it. I, I, they, I know it's very nerdy. They're very funny. Oh. Um, but it, it, for me, it like paints a, a, a different picture of oh. nerds. Like I, 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 I'm not offended by it by any means, oh. but I'm like, I, in, in my world, it's like the, they're, they're, they're very, accurate in some ways and then in other ways like then yeah. it's a, such a caricature well of, of and what it, that's <laughs> right because the, the the satire is is ridiculing uh the the truth which is the reality yes. is, is is not uh it's not fair to those who take it more seriously but uh but that's yes. my only exposure to dungeons uh oh, wow. and dragons or whatever you call it now tell me uh, uh dungeon master you're a dungeon master so what is that <laughs> <laughs> a dungeon master. Yes, it's such. A, it's it's so good that you're asking this because it's um in my world it's such a you just say it you just say D yeah, and D and everybody knows, knows what it is yeah but uh, but most of the world I would say I'm like. I have to say, they're like, what do you do for a living? And I just say, don't worry about it. I'm good. You know, because <laughs> skip right over that. It's okay. Oh, but good. a dungeon master. So if you think of a game, a board game or a video game, there's the, t- the turns that you take, the way to win, the, the mechanics of the games. And, and that's kind of up to the players. Um, and the dungeon master is responsible for the board, if it's a board game, okay. or the world as you're moving through your video game. Okay. So I I build the world. I have, um, they call them non-player characters, like quest givers or merchants that you can buy things from, or the monsters, or the the guides who walk you through the world. But, oh, they they turn on you, and now they're something else. So I play, I play a lot of... The characters in the world but i'm also responsible for describing what it is you see as you move through it because it technically is all in your head it's just an imaginative storytelling well, game are, so, are you interacting yeah. with the players and is yeah, this sure. is this like a zoom type thing you know where mm-hmm. you can see now each other it is. Oh. yeah now it is it used to be a little more well i guess there still are places who play in person and you play around a table and and i you know describe like okay well you're in you're blindfolded so you can't see anything but it feels musty and you put your hand up against the wall and you feel that it's muddy so you, muddy and you feel some roots poking out so you feel so like you're, you're in underground. A cave. yeah underground yeah uh-huh. or underground or in a cave uh-huh. so what do you do and then they're like okay well i want to investigate more i want to try to pull my blind blindfold off oh well your hands are tied so oh. um you feel that it's tied with hemp and rope what would you like to do and then they can maybe use their strength to pull it apart or but it's that kind of thing it's that kind of interaction that is and so then cool. i can play characters yeah that that improvise with you and now i'm the guard and i'm like hey stop messing around that you're in prison and And so you use other of uh, you use voices you 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 use voice characterization and so this is where your acting ability is so uh so important and so and and so applicative in a relative to you know you're taking most people don't become actors to become dungeon masters so (laughs) so you you have done you know you've taken an interest of yours and yet you your your theatrical ability, as much as I, I'm sure a lot of people play Dungeons and Dragons well, th- with your ability to perform these characters, it probably gives you an advantage, wouldn't you say? Without a doubt, because once more, I mean, storytelling is pretty universal across yes. the board as an entertainment yes. um, for Forever, so, since the beginning of mankind. Yes, yes. yes. and so as an actor, uh, I mean, you're a part of the story. You are right. a storyteller as an actor. And so as a dungeon master, same thing. As a, as a D&D player, same thing. So the, the Venn diagram becomes a circle very quickly with, yes. the, <laughs> with the skills that yeah, are required. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell me then, uh, you know, uh, boy, I could stay on this for, for a 
quite a while because I am very interested in this. Well, uh, I, I will tell you. Can I tell you one more yes. thing? Yes. This is just a self-brag, but part <laughs> of D&D, the way you play the game is with books. The books outline what is – they outline adventures. They outline mechanics and right. rules. They outline how to build a character. And I am a, a writer for the – for two Dungeons and Dragons hardback books. One is yeah. Candlekeep Mysteries, where I wrote a whole adventure, uh-huh. and another is Fizban's Treasury of Dragons. And that one is basically a rules book of how to incorporate dragons into your adventure. And I wrote as the character Fizban, who provides color commentary on every page. So I, I just wrote little wizard jokes and oh, uh, of this old, wizened, bearded, Gandalfy, silly character. Oh, I love it. Now, did yeah. uh, was this published uh, by someone else and they hired you in to be the writer? Or is this something yeah. that you published yourself? No, they published and hired me. So this wow. is official Dungeons and Dragons. Um, <gasps> wow. You can buy them at any bookstore. I love that you, um, I don't know, again, I love that you've merged the things you love with the things you do well and that they came together to, let me tell you, you know, not a, not all of us get to say that. Uh, and sure. so this is fantastic. Uh, tell me, though, about your acting career outside of D&D, outside okay. of, of uh, even... Um, you know, uh, improv. Uh, you, okay. you, you said your dream was to do television. What have you done there? Oh yeah. Um, the, a lot, um, the, <laughs> I guess the first, as far as TV goes, like a f- official television that you can turn on your, your TV and watch. I have had five roles. They're all co-stars and two of them were recurring. Oh. Um, that's about as far as I went because I got into I kind of stopped auditioning because I was doing more internet and D&D yeah, stuff yeah um and that was important to me at the time you know especially doing a bunch of improv I was like I'd like to be on tv and the way I did that was I went to uh workshops and I just did workshops and booked from there I also had booked two of those co-stars were directly from I was in Groundling Sunday Company and for those who don't know it's a six month kind of boot camp where you're basically putting on a brand new sketch show full of props and yeah. costumes and wigs every Sunday so it's basically it's basically a it's SNL it's, it's SNL <laughs> it's SNL yeah exactly and you're writing for yourself and you're yeah, yeah. it's great yeah. but through that and, and through being seen I those were I booked I basically booked three from workshops and two from Sunday Company uh, was how that broke down. Wow. And, wow. And speaking of workshops, you know, there, do you still w- go to workshops and, and, and <laughs> uh, what, or do you conduct a workshop? My goodness. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, let's see. So the answer is I, I have done a smattering here and there, mm-hmm. but my goals have changed because while I was doing D and D and all of that, I sold a half hour television show to Hulu that I would also get to star in. Oh, Obviously wow. that has not seen the light of day and it won't, but I did sell it and everyone was on board. And I since then have been wanting to do that again. So a lot of my time is devoted to uh, writing and yeah, I just want to be Phoebe Waller Bridge, honestly. So, so I'm still I'm still committed to that path, and wow. I took a break from everything related to just TV and, and network in general mm-hmm. because I was loving D and D so much. Oh, but yeah. I guess in the last two years, and and after, you know through COVID, you kind of redirect yeah. your north star, oh, and yeah. so this north star has been 
a little more clarified now and that's where my energy's going. So sure. I don't know. I, I know I could do more workshops and they were obviously beneficial for getting on TV, but that was again, I mean, I probably did 40 to 50 in a year and booked three co-stars oh, from it. Wow. So I'm doing the math and it, to me, it doesn't necessarily, it, it was, hmm, it wasn't unproductive. Yeah, I just I don't, it's the same thing as like, I'm not going to go do improv six out of seven nights of the week. Like I'd have to be very direct. I'd have to really care and really want to meet this person. And at the mm-hmm. moment, I just don't, I just want to sell my TV shows. Well, and, and here's the thing though. <laughs> and, that, I'll, and I'll book work from myself. Yeah. I'll just cast myself. <laughs> well, I love that. I love the, but see, here's the thing. You've already done so much of the stuff you're talking about maybe doing again, if you had the, the, the desire, yes. what you're doing now is where your, your career has taken you. And, and I, I will tell you this, I just love the fact, I love the evolution of, of yeah. careers like this. As long as you are, and I sound so trite, but you were following <laughs> your heart the whole time. And yes. and I just love that. See, for our listeners, you know, mm-hmm. some of you out there may say, well, I, I've tried the D&D thing, or I've tried, you know, some of these things, and they I'm not interested. It's not where my heart is. But I definitely plan on going for it with improv or going for it with television or whatever. So d- just be sure to follow your heart because look what's happened for amy i yeah i will say too that D wasn't a job like in my lifetime it wasn't a job right and then at some point during my lifetime yep others and i yep. began making money from it and, and that's the, and you're an entrepreneur then and and that exactly. is huge i mean to turn to create an industry out of an industry uh that is fantastic and that's Wild. that's that's more than just success that that's <laughs> innovation and i i love oh, that oh thank you very wow, inspirational you. very inspirational uh we do have a lot of listeners who maybe were you 15 20 years ago they they Mm -hmm. you know maybe they're even in college right now or high school other than what you've already said uh give us a little more tell tell, give them give them your your best advice like you said follow your heart for sure and then there's just so much advice out there that i really feel like you have to eat the fish and spit out the bones so take what you like and then and then really it doesn't have to be any any one way because if i if let's say i do sell a show and actually get to act in it and and it goes mm-hmm. the way that i'm planning on it going yeah people would say okay well what's your advice and and if it were my path i'd be like well first of all you need to start playing D <laughs> right. when you're 18 oh, years old you know it's like yes. oh my gosh that's so and then you have to do improv forever and you know yeah. and then you have to quit the industry and only do D. It would well be that would so just bizarre. be your that would be just your biography that wouldn't be your advice really no I mean, it wouldn't i would i would never give right. my I would never give my path as advice, not even to me. Like, I can't even say that I did any of this on purpose. It was like, how did a hobby (laughs) turn into a career? Like, I was just riding a a wave and and still am. So, I would say. uh, But, oh, go ahead and say it. And then I want to tell the audience about what. I was just going to repeat, eat Mm -hmm. the fish, spit out the bones. Oh, okay. I love that. In fact, that's going to be the quote on this podcast. Uh, (laughs) And and then the last thing I wanted, because we're running out of time, this last, this is the thing I wanted to get to. And zoomed by. Is this crazy? And the people say that every (laughs) time when I say, we're almost out of time. You have some, some great stuff happening. I got on Twitter this morning and I so look at Amy is posting stuff. You so you <laughs> talk to us about your most recent, uh, you know, achievements. Okay, great. Yeah, I did a, a I did a Kickstarter last year for my 
third album, my second solo album, another song album, and um, that was successful. And in March, I released the album and two music videos. And one of the music videos called IDM, which is about dungeon mastering, mm. uh, it it was accepted to Gen Con, which is the biggest nationwide gaming convention. Oh, and so wow. my short film, I, I want to tell you this, this was so important to me because as I've been a gamer and I already know that anyone who needs to know that I play D&D knows I play D&D. So I don't have to do <laughs> much legwork there. Like the seed has been planted and the tree is an oak. We're good. Oh yeah. Um, so I've been to these, these gaming conventions often and it always is a blast. And it meant a lot that this year, I I got my badge. I earned my badge myself. I wasn't going as part of a D&D group or wow. Nerdist or Geek and Sundry. I'm going actually as a filmmaker. So my badge is for filmmaking wow. and it's because my music video is playing in their shorts wow. program. Awesome. And the and while it, it the nuance is the, is there, the nuance is what matters to me mm-hmm. even though for all intents and purposes, Amy's going to Gen Con again. <laughs> but the deeper thing is that I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm my own. Like you said, I'm an entrepreneur now. Yes. I made this art I and I'm acting in it and singing in it. And yes. all the songwriting, D, it's about D&D. Um, but I also am a filmmaker and I directed it. So all of the Venn diagrams wow. have like culminated. <laughs> and now I'm, a, now I'm a filmmaker going to Gen Con. And it, it blows my mind. I'm so grateful for that, where, where wow. I can just look back and say, oh, all the, the intersection of all the things yeah. I it all came together. It yeah. all came together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. And it and this this climactic, this cresting of, of, of a mountain. And and the thing is though, there are more to come, you know. I am so happy to be able to to have you on the show to tell us <clears throat> your success story and it and today to see that on Twitter, uh, <laughs> what a wonderful achievement and Thank how you. great I, I I just am so happy that we get to share it with you today on the show. Listen, Amy Stay on the line. I want to thank okay. you for for being on the show. I'm going to close out the show though right now. I I, I think we we need to do a, another episode though of just D and D. Maybe that you, would man. just be so much fun. I would I would learn so much, and I'd probably totally get into it because I am a nerd. Oh, yes. But uh, hey, guys, I could run a tiny little session for you. Oh, we could see how you do. <laughs> oh, I think we have another episode. Okay, guys, you heard it here. Okay, hey. Guys, Guys, don't forget, we're on Apple, we're on Google, we are on Spotify. Actually, we're on everything. Make sure you tell your friends, give us a rating, subscribe, help us out. Hey, it's been great having Amy on the show. It's been great having you guys tune in. And don't forget, this has been the Actor's Guide. Tag, you're it. This has been the Actor's Guide. For more information about Ann Johnston Brown or to join the tag team, please visit our website at ajbprods.com slash podcast.